You know, we take show prep around here very serious. Show prep is a, a big part of what we do on an everyday basis. How serious do you ask? Well, for the past 45 minutes before hopping on the air, I asked Parker last hour, hey, is Winery, is that is the N in Winery, the five-star defensive lineman out of Kansas City, is that silent? And you said, <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, not totally silent, just... Act like you're going to say the letter N, then say Winery. So I've been practicing for the past 45 minutes to get it right. To get it right, Winery. Right? Like it looks like I'm about to say N, Winery. Yeah, like yeah, like stick stick your tongue on the back of your front teeth, like you're gonna say the N, Winery. Williams, so like you kind of say it, kind of Winery, Winery. Winery. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to get it right by the end of the show today. Hey, I you know you what? I, I feel like he's had enough people mess it up in his life that he probably doesn't have a whole lot of druthers at this point. Maybe that's just how it's going to be for OU five-star recruiting. Um, PJ Adabare, so not everyone has gotten that one yet, Parker. And I think um, <laughs> not everyone's ever going to get that one. Jackson Arnold was one of the more easier ones, but maybe every single cycle you're going to have one five-star in the class where their last name is really hard to say. And you know what? If that's what it takes, then I'm fine with it. Yeah, by the it's way, okay. we also got to work away from calling him Williams because he goes by Will. And you know all his recruiting profiles say Williams, so yeah. everybody naturally says Williams. But it's kind of like you know calling PJ Adapoju. <laughs> if, if you walk up to him and call him Adapoju, he'll say, no, PJ. Just call me PJ. Yeah, Will Nguineri. You saw him uh, up, up, up front uh, and close th- this weekend. You were in the Kansas City area. And I've got a lot of questions regarding him, man. I bet you do. Well, okay, so first of all, he is currently the number three ranked overall player in the 2024 class, okay? Yes. So for the past, what, month, month and a half or so, when we're taking a peek at the 24 class, we've been spending most of our time talking about David Stone. And it makes sense. I mean, he's from Dell City, got Oklahoma ties. I think the OU side of things, you feel like you lead on him for the first five-star defensive lineman. But what are the chances here that we're actually talking or have been talking about the wrong guy in terms of who's going to be the highest-ranked defensive lineman OU recruits this cycle? Well, here's the thing. If you're putting money down, I actually think it's a safer bet that OU ends up with David Stone than that they end up with Williams Nguineri. Um, but who's higher ranked is what I'm saying. Is like Stone going to be ranked higher than Winery? No, I think Winery is going to be ranked higher. Yeah. And it's because he's – and the, the term unicorn gets thrown around a lot. But the guy that I would actually liken him to in the class of 2023 is not PJ, although they have some similarities in terms of their personality, in terms of their athletic traits. To me, Williams Winery is this cycle's Keon Keeley. Who mm. was that, rated as like the number one defensive lineman in 2023, essentially. In that he is freaking enormous, i.e. 6'5", 260 or thereabouts. But he's also a true edge. He's a guy that you can put on the edge, and he's fast enough, and he's quick enough, and he's dexterous enough to effectively rush the passer at his mammoth size. You know, these days... When we think about the best edge rushers in the country, Nick Benito was 6'2 and like 225. Sure. Right? Nick Benito looked more like a linebacker than he did an edge rusher. Eric so, Stryker wasn't even that big yeah, exactly. when he was coming off the edge. So in terms of being an edge rusher, there's not necessarily one body type that you have to have. But 
what made Keon Keeley so unique and so highly coveted was that he had all the athletic traits of a dominant speed rusher, but he was also 6'5 and 260. And that what's, that's what Williams Winery is. Yeah. Well, uh, PJ was the highest rated prospect to ever come out of the Kansas City area. And OU got him five star, and it looks like he can contribute right away. Winery could be ranked higher than him. Uh, he could. In, in this 2024 class. That's what level of athlete that we're talking about here. Here was kind of my big question for you as I thought about it over the weekend. So you just mentioned that you think, uh, gosh, I, I got to get this one down. Winery. Winery and PJ are similar in terms of their personality. Like, is OU getting PJ, <laughs> is that going to help out with this recruitment? Okay, Being from like, the same city, I mean, obviously yeah. really good player. Like, is, is any of that going to matter? Here's what you need to understand when I say those two have similar personalities. People hear similar and they think identical. Similar and identical are not the same thing. They are not identical in terms of their personalities. There's one kid I've ever met with a personality like P.J. Atabare, and it's P.J. Atabare. And that's part of the reason he's going to be an instant impact guy at OU and a guy that I expect, barring injury, will be a first-round draft pick one day. It's because he's just the most incredibly nose-to-the-grindstone individual that you will ever encounter. Williams, or Will. Yeah, come on, Will. We're going to start this now. Will. Will Nguyenary is a guy that, like P.J., is very much business-like, but he also just kind of operates on a different wavelength in that a lot of the things that would sway the attention of a five-star prospect aren't necessarily catching Will's eye. And so... That was similar to PJ a little bit. Yes, yes. And people see Oregon and they see Tennessee in the mix for Will and they're thinking, well, you know, NIL is going to become a big, big factor in this thing. It's not. It's not going to become a big deal, and that's because it's not something that Will pays a ton of attention to. I think he's of the mindset and of the understanding that as a five-star, he's going to make money wherever he goes. And also, I I can't say enough about the folks at Lee's Summit North. Those are some rock-solid human beings, and he's got a circle around him that is going to keep him focused on the right Well, if that's the case, then I I will be – I'll be optimistic moving forward about OU's chances. If NIL is not a you know focal point of his recruitment, I think it's fair to say that you should feel relatively good about that. Now, I mean, he, he can go anywhere he wants. He's got a Georgia offer, a Bama offer, an Oregon offer, um, a Miami offer, Nebraska, Ohio State. The kid can literally go wherever he wants. But with OU's ties in the Kansas City area – Maybe being uh, PJ already being on campus helps. Like, I mean, he, he's already set the visit, right? He's already locked in a visit for OU, and I think Colorado as well for the spring. Yes. OU's got, a, OU's got a chance here, a real chance. They do have a real chance. You want to know who I view as the biggest competition to Oklahoma, though? Um, I'm guessing it's not Colorado. It's not Colorado. Uh, Colorado I'm going to randomly guess Missouri. Colorado already kind of screwed up Will's recruitment. Uh-oh. We, we'll, nice job, I, I have no doubt we'll revisit that down the line. But just suffice it to say, Colorado isn't in great standing right now. He's going to visit, but they aren't in phenomenal standing. Neither is Alabama, oddly enough, hmm. because you would think Alabama would be, especially having pulled Edric Hill out of Kansas City this past cycle, you'd expect that they'd be very proactive in recruiting a five-star from that same vicinity. They've been kind of on and off in recruiting Will. So I think another similarity between Will and PJ is that PJ was only ever going to go so far from home. He had a radius. 
He's very much a family guy. He really wasn't going to venture outside driving distance from home. It's I get the impression it's going to be the same with Will. Sure. And so while he loves Oregon right now and is going to take an official visit there, I find it hard to believe in the end that he's going to pick Oregon. I think Tennessee's probably right there on the precipice of being a serious contender. I think they get an official visit from Will as well, but I think maybe they're just a little too far from home distance. Don't tell me this is going to be another Michigan State battle coming up here. No, Michigan State's not in the picture right now. I think this is going to be a battle between OU and Missouri. Yeah, that's what I guessed, Mizzou. Um, And and, and even PJ had – it seemed like he had a little bit of interest in Mizzou, or at least Mizzou was obviously really pushing hard for him. But, okay, OU and Mizzou, I I mean – I. You would think on all fronts you'd feel very good about it if it comes down to that. But yeah. well, if, it, if, if he has a radius like PJ has, then that's obviously a you know a big positive for, yeah. for Mizzou. And another positive that you have working for you if you're Oklahoma in this battle is that there's no guarantee Missouri's staff is still going to be in place by Thanksgiving or so. Well, that's that's um, true because I, I think if uh, Mizzou didn't beat Arkansas to get to six wins last year, then maybe they would have a new head coach. And if he doesn't get to six wins this year – then an old funny guy up there in Columbia that loves to crack jokes and troll on people uh, may be looking for a job. Boy, he is a different breed. Um, a Norman guy, by the way. Eli Drinkwitz, did you know that? I did not. How did I not know that? Interesting. Maybe I did know that at one point, but totally forgot about it. But yeah. as we're um, sitting here right now, no, I didn't know that. Another similarity between Will and PJ is that Dang it, I just lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I had a really compelling thought to share. That they're going to commit to OU. There's never going to be any drama. Ohio State's <laughs> going to try to get in late, but he's not going to listen oh, to no, him like PJ did. Uh, no, here's what it was. Here's what it was. So, at a certain point in his recruitment, I would say probably May, PJ just effectively shut it all down. Not in the sense that he committed silently and knew with, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt where he was going, but he stopped listening to schools that started hitting him up later in the process. And the way he phrased it to me, because PJ and I talked probably every three or four days over the course of the recruiting cycle, and he said, look, there are a whole bunch of schools at this point that have been recruiting me hard pretty much ever since I started to become a legit college prospect, and I want to honor those schools, and I want to value the early belief that they had in me before I was this big name. I think it's going to be a similar dynamic with Will. I think at a certain point in time, he's going to shut it all off, and the schools that he's going to really hone in on are the schools that have been the most consistent with him for the longest. Mizzou is certainly in that category. OU is certainly in that category. Oregon is also in that category. But again, I think Oregon is too far away. And so right now, and look, five-star recruitments can get wacky, and I'm not saying it won't. To some degree or another. It just doesn't seem like it will right now. And I think, to me, Missouri is the school you got to be most worried about if you're Oklahoma. Yeah, and look, you just laid out all the similarities between the two uh, Kansas City natives. Um, The the, the one thing that's different is he, Will, is coming from, like, in the month of February last year, what was PJ? A three-star? Did he have any stars yet? I mean, he was completely off the radar for a lot of teams. Yep. He elevates to a five-star. 
when I, I mean, when, he's already a top five player, you know, already yes. right now. Yes. So they're coming from kind of different spots going into their senior year, which is which is a little different. But I, I don't know, man. Like, look, when, when you when you think about this recruitment, when you think about David Stone, when maybe you even think about Zadavian Sims, and I know that there's a Michigan State thought on a couple of those, but. It feels like 2024 could finally be the year. That defensive lineman that you've been waiting on, and I understand that P.J. is a five-star defensive lineman. He's more of an edge player. But you know what I mean? Like, maybe this is the year where OU finally gets that five-star defensive lineman. And maybe, Parker, they don't just get one this cycle. Maybe there's a chance that they get more than one. Because as it sits right now, they are in good position for more than one five-star defensive lineman. I I think that's very fair to say. And Nigel Smith will probably be a five-star when it's all said and done, too. Uh, on the text line, Peyton says, "If he goes to K State, I'll probably walk off a cliff." Uh, Peyton, uh, I'll walk it. I'll walk off of it with you. I don't think that that'll happen. Uh, another listener points out, and this is something I neglected to mention. I know you know this, but Winery's coach is a former Sooner, Jamar yeah. Mosey. So that's got to help. And Mosey's sophomore wide receiver son is a stud. We keep mentioning Jamar Mosey up there in the Kansas City area. Yeah. And that, that was a really nice investment by this staff to really put some time in the Kansas City area because. I, look, I, I haven't really followed Kansas City area recruiting for the past 10 years. Really, it's been for the past two cycles. I don't know if they're just churning out more talent now than they ever have been, but Kansas City's a hotbed, dude. They're, they're putting out, and it's not just some – they're putting out nice skill players, but they're putting out, like, quality, elite-level defensive linemen, mm-hmm. defensive players that you need to win a national championship. Yeah, and, and talking to folks up there in Kansas City – uh, the preeminent sentiment as well. The talent's always been here. People are just now starting to find it. And you got to think about PJ. Where would he be right now if he hadn't assented to playing defense to start his junior year? Because he was virtually unrecruited as a tight end. Probably at Northwestern. No one's talking yeah, about it. Probably at Northwestern. Three years, we're talking about him being a first round draft pick because they switched him to the other side of the ball or something. Mm-hmm. They figured it out. But no, I, I mean, it's a. It's a big year for defensive linemen recruiting at OU. Like, you are – I think going into, like, the early stages of a recruiting cycle, Parker, you're set up this year about as well as you have been in a long time to land multiple elite defensive linemen. Everyone good with that? As it sits right now, it doesn't mean that you'll close on every single one. Obviously, some wacky things can happen with five-star recruitment. We know that. But you're in a, you're in a good spot right now in the month of February to land maybe multiple multiple of these elite defensive linemen. We'll just see what happens. But Williams, uh, Winery, he will take that OU visit. He'll take that Colorado visit. Yes, and he's also going to be visiting Georgia, Ohio State, and Notre Dame in March and April. So he'll be there. May be, the there may be other stops as well. But that's also the thing about Jamar. Look, Jamar's a big OU guy. Always has been. He ended up transferring from OU after two seasons, but uh, never. Lost any love for the university. Still has plenty of relationships with the staffers at OU, including Brent Venables, including Jerry Schmidt, including Brandon Hall. Um, but he is very thorough about making sure that his guys, that are legitimate P5 prospects, get to see as many schools as possible before they arrive at a decision. He told me over the weekend, he was like, yeah, Caden Green was always going to Oklahoma. Unless Bill Biedenboe would have left, he was always going to Oklahoma. We had to make him take other visits. Yeah. So they made they made Caden take other visits. In the end, the road led back to Oklahoma for Caden. I'm confident it's going to do the same for his son, Isaiah, Mosey, 
and we'll see what happens with Will Nguyenary. Uh We got a lot to accomplish today. A lot of OU recruiting. A lot of state of Oklahoma recruiting as well. 24-7 has their you know, three best players for the 2024 class in-state. We'll tell you who those are and where OU sits with those prospects coming up next. And a whole lot more right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. West Palm Beach, Florida is tuned in today. Culpeper, Virginia. Pittsburgh, PA. Blackfoot, Idaho. Overland Park, Kansas. And our small Oklahoma town of the day, Park Hill, Oklahoma. Thank you to all tuning in on the uh, ref app. Just search KREF in the app store. Okay, Park Hill, where's it at? Park Hill, I had it up earlier. I believe it's just east of Tulsa is okay. where it's at. Gotcha. One of the burbs. I don't know if it's considered one of the burbs. I think it's far, just far out gotcha. to not be considered one of the so burbs. So like Wagner. Tulsa. Uh, it is, Park Hill is more, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it's southeast of Tulsa, I guess. Okay. It's more like just south of Tahlequah is what it looks like to me. Okay, gotcha. Tracking, tracking. Yeah. Ronnie Perkins, wasn't he from KC? He was the closest SEC player we've had, in my opinion. Yeah, he was St. Louis, correct? He, Yeah, he was St. Louis. Yeah, that's from the 405. Um, let's see. If he goes to K-State, I'll walk off a cliff. Yes, we read that one from Peyton. And, and here's one of the big stories today in Texas high school football. What's going on in Allen, Texas, says a texture in the 909. Just lost Devon Mitchell to California after losing Michael Hawkins. You're not used to, I'm guessing, you're not used to seeing good players leave Allen. You're probably used to really good players coming to Allen. They've lost their starting quarterback. Now they've lost, I'm going to guess, their starting tight ends. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's going to Los Alamitos. You called it the, the uh, USC feeder school about an hour ago or so, which made me laugh. But, yeah, big time changes at Allen. Yeah, Allen is not going to be the powerhouse in 2023 that it was seven, eight years ago. Not by a long shot. And that's just the nature of the way the game's changing down in the DFW Metroplex. Schools rise and fall to power, and Allen had their peaks. Now they're in the valleys. And yeah, Devon Mitchell going to Los Alamitos is kind of wild because that's a big move for a kid like that. And make no mistake, the kid is an absolute stud. We're talking six foot four and a legit 250 pounds, a chiseled 250 pounds as a high school sophomore. OU's in a really good spot right there. I don't feel like it shuffles the deck with that kid as much as it did when, say, T.A. Cunningham made that move out there, but definitely not a great sign if you're an OU fan. Uh, Park Hill is a burb of Tahlequah right on 10 Killer Lake. Thank you, 918 and others. Um, in my opinion, Ten Killer is the best lake in the state of Oklahoma. Send your hate mail to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439 if you disagree. I'm sure some of you will, but maybe most of you will actually agree not with a, that. Not take. a big Lake Eufaula guy? Uh, I haven't, I've never, like, you drive over, if you're coming from Norman, you drive over Lake Eufaula to get to Ten Killer. Yeah. So I haven't spent a lot, other than that, driving over Eufaula, that's my experience there. Gotcha. My experience is with Ten Killer. And it's awesome. We had a big debate on the Air Comfort Solutions text line probably about a year ago as to whether there are alligators in Lake Eufaula or not. Ooh. Hmm. What was the uh, 
What was the consensus on that? I there wasn't a consensus. It was it was a giant debate. Some people were like, yeah, there are alligators. Some were like, no, they're absolutely not alligators. What are you people talking uh, about? How can you insult Dirty Bird like that? I know, I know, I know. Just a few miles away from here, and I'm saying bad things about it. Uh, here's something that is. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's alarming. It's not alarming, uh, but it's you know interesting. The 2024 player rankings, top 247 that uh, 24/7 Sports has right now. Four of the top 13 are from the state of Georgia. Four of the top 12 are from the state of Florida. So currently right now, and the rankings are going to shift, obviously. But eight of the top 13 players in the 24 class are either from the state of Georgia or from the state of Florida. Are we counting David Stone? I did count David Stone, yeah. He was the number four overall player, I believe, right now. Yeah. But Georgia's got uh, the number two, the number six, the number seven, and the number 13 overall player. Florida has the number four, the number five, the number eight, and the number 12. It's like, God, man, those two states are just just beast right now. Georgia does not have to leave its own state to come up with a national championship team at this point. No, they do not. That school is just going to keep like, – it's a machine that's just going to continue – I feel as though we're going to get to a point where we're having a conversation about Georgia as the conversations that we've had for close to a decade now with Alabama. At what point does the talent level drop off? And the reality is it won't because as long as you can build a fence around your own state the way that Alabama has, if Georgia can do that in the state of Georgia, which much like Alabama is going to produce – I would say 15 to 20 guys on an annual basis that not only are P5 players but high-impact early starters at the P5 level, there's never going to be a point at which, unless there is turnover on the coaching staff or unless it all falls apart due to massive injury bug biting or something along those lines, you're going to be able to continue replenishing your talent year after year, mostly locally. Text line, has Georgia surpassed Texas in high school talent at this point? Wow. I don't think from an overall depth standpoint that they that they have, but if you want to just go top 10 players versus top 10 players, Georgia and Texas, they've significantly closed the gap in that. And in some years, yeah, Georgia's top 10 players might be better than Texas' top 10 players. Though I thought um, the crop in Texas last year is pretty good. They had some really good players, as they do every single year. I think Georgia has surpassed California, though. Like I think the big three now, Parker, are Texas, Florida, and Georgia would be my top three states. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, California is not in the picture for me. Uh, I would say Arizona, honestly, has a stronger case than California most years. Uh, on the text line, professional bass fisherman Jason Christie is from Park Hill, Oklahoma. It concerns me Thank that, you, we, Jim, that in Arlington. We, we received that text Twice. multiple times huh. from different <laughs> listeners, which is to say people pay attention to professional bass fishing in the state of Oklahoma. That is not something that has ever been on my radar. I don't even know how you become a professional bass fisherman. You're not a big Jimmy Houston fan? Jimmy Houston's still out there doing his thing? I, I, I'm i not the one to ask. Okay. <laughs> I, right. I, I pay zero attention to professional I'm going to guess fishing. fishing is just something that you don't really retire from. You know, you don't have to be in your prime to, uh, to you know, to be on the circuit out there. That's that's just a guess for me, though. Several folks have said Broken Bow Lake is the most scenic. Yeah, I've never best. been to Broken Bow. Yeah, I, Broken, I need Broken to, Bow does go hard. I should have said lakes that I've actually been to. Okay. Um, Ten Killer is number one for me. Have not visited. I haven't been to Grand or Broken Bow. What's wrong with me, man? i got to get with it. 
Mike Gundy's got a house up there in uh, Grand Lake, well, as so does, does Bill, Bill Beanbow. <laughs> so, like, half the college football coaches in the state got a house up there at Grand. Who else? Who knows who else has one up there? Yeah, I was just driving through that area a couple days ago on my way back from KC. Which, by the way... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I, nobody heard it, but I threw the pen. I, I'm very passionate about this particular topic of conversation. Why is it that we are living in the year 2023... And tolls in the state of Oklahoma are still cash only. Um, I, I thought everyone had a Pike Pass by well, now. I you thought know it was, what? I, I thought it was plate pay. Do they not do plate pay? They do if you have a Pike Pass, uh, okay. which I do not. Uh, so it's really easy to get one. I, really I understand simple. it's really easy. I'm probably long overdue for getting one, but like I feel for people who come from out of state and end up driving through on those toll roads and don't carry cash because it happened to me. Where I'm not carrying any cash, and like, yeah, we're going to write you a ticket here, just take the next exit, find an ATM, get your cash, come back, give them this envelope. It was a whole ordeal, a whole process, just to get from, what, Miami to Tulsa. To be fair, you had to have known that you were going to go through some tolls on your way to Kansas City, right? Well, and I did. I See, I usually don't take that route. I usually go up through Wichita and back through Wichita, but... I had to go to Ray Peck down in Peculiar, Missouri, and so it made more sense at that point to just drive through Tulsa. That was the faster route, and so uh, I drove through Tulsa and spent like 10 or 12 bucks on tolls over the course of that trip, which mm. I had to pay in cash only because they don't take cards. Well, they, they should take cards, and it should be the uh, tap to pay, which is my preferred method right now. Whether you can swipe, insert, or just tap, like that's that's what it should be. You drive up there, tap your credit card, boom, you're yeah, on your no way, right? Yeah, no joke. That's how it is in Kansas. Traveling in Kansas is the easiest thing in the world because it doesn't matter what ro- road you're, you're driving K-Tag on. You're a K-Tag fan, huh? Oh, yeah, if you hit a toll road, all you got to do is just swipe your card and keep driving. Tyler, get a Pike Pass. It works in Texas and Kansas. It's not an Oklahoma thing. It's a type of thing. I do have a Pike Pass. I just said I have a Pike Pass. I have one. I, re- I remember the old days of the Pike Pass, where now it's just like a sticker that you put on uh, the windshield of your car. I remember, and this was like late 90s, maybe very early 2000s. Oh, boy. They used to have, it, it used to be like a big plastic block <laughs> with Velcro on it. And being from uh, Chickasha, we would transport the Pike Pass from one car to the other. And you would just like hold it up by the windshield when you were going through the Pike Pass. And it would, yeah, it, it used to be, it used to be a thing that you could transport from one car to the other. Somebody from the 918 on the text line says, how in the year 2023 does he not have a Pike Pass? Because I live in, because I'm from Nebraska, people. We don't have toll roads up there. You don't have toll roads in Nebraska? No. Are, are the roads, toll roads were a completely new concept to me when I was Are the down roads here. actually good in Nebraska? I, they're good Because I hit I about had... uh, eight or nine potholes on my way from OKC to Norman every single day, driving on the highway. So hopefully you have good roads up there. Well, you're talking about when you're driving through Nebraska? No, I'm talking about driving uh, from okay, OKC okay, okay, to okay. Norman on a daily basis. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, the roads are fine in Nebraska, but tell you what, I moved down to Oklahoma. It's like, oh i got to pay five bucks every time I want to drive between Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Yeah, Text line is just telling you to run it. They don't even ticket you the first two to three times, and when they do, it's in the mail, and it's just the fee that you'd pay for at the toll. Somebody on the text line said, guess guess he hasn't been through Texas yet. It's $30 one way through the middle of Dallas with no Pike Pass. I have successfully evaded all the toll roads in Dallas for over five years now, and I will continue to. 
I don't know how you do that because every time I go through there, I feel like I get a letter uh, two to three weeks after OU Texas saying something very similar to that. So congratulations to you. Somebody else said, by end of 2024, OTA will be cashless. It better. It better. I've got beef. Oh, someone still has the brick pike pass? If you drive a Range Rover, you have to have the brick. The sticker won't register due to the windshield. That's awesome. Nice. Can you send a picture of the uh, brick pike pass just for old time's sake? I I would love to see it. I haven't seen one of those in about 20 years. Maybe even 25 years. It's been a while. Somebody said, be a hit. somebody said, adult men always carry cash. Your toddler tantrum about this is adorable. Have a snack and take a nap. Okay, I, well, I, I, guess, I never carry cash, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm I, a millennial in that Neither regard, of us sure. are adult men. You're listening to two children pontificating mm-hmm. on the radio. 405-651-3439. What's going on with Nick Jackson, transfer portal backer? That's like top 10 all-time in tackles coming out of Virginia. We'll tell you coming up next, as well as a uh, – Four-star quarterback update for the 2024 class. What's the latest with Michael Hawkins Jr.? A lot more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Here's the top three players in the state of Oklahoma for 2024, according to 24-7 Sports. Zadavian Sims, the top player in the state, number 66 nationally. Four-star defensive lineman out of Durant, 6'3", 275. Uh, I'll, I'll go down OU's chances for each of these kids. Uh, Zadavian Sims, what are OU's chances right now, even though there's crystal balls in for he to miss Very, State? very good. I favor Oklahoma, and I favor Oklahoma heavily for Zadavian Sims. Uh, we've talked about this next kid quite a bit. Three-star Danny Okoye, uh, three-star edge, 6'4", 241 out of Noah homeschool up there in Tulsa. Is he even going to take an OU visit? He's got an OU offer. Zero chance. Actual 0% chance, he is assuming. I wonder if there's a chance that he uh, elevates to a four-star by the time it's all said and done. He is. Physic- he- well, I, I think just the, the top 24-7, he's currently a three-star. Okay, okay. Maybe composite-wise, he's already a four-star. I'm not sure. But 6-4-2-41, that's going to look good on film. That's going to look really good on film. Uh, number three, Red Martell, three-star running back out of Beggs. Which, by the way, Red Martell, that sounds like an NFL, or that sounds like an NFL coach from about the 1970s or so. <laughs> I love that name. I guess he's already committed to KU. Yeah, though. he is committed to Kansas. So probably you're looking at uh, maybe one out of the three, but yeah, those rankings are obviously going to change. Look, we've talked about how many running backs seem to be falling over each other to come play for Demarco Murray. DeMarco Murray is not a guy that needs to stay or will stay within the state of Oklahoma generally to recruit running backs because he'll be able to go after truly elite guys from Texas and Florida and Georgia. I'm going to guess uh, they're going to go big game hunting at running back. And not that yep. Red Martell you know, wouldn't necessarily fit in that, but there's some big name running backs out there. Um, one out of San Antonio who's currently a four-star right now. OU and Texas are in on that one. Stacy Gage, are they still in on that one out of the state of Florida? Yeah, still in, but I think you yeah. like your chances better right now, as especially as far as timeline is concerned, with guys like Caden Durham, James Peoples. James Peoples is out of San Antonio, correct? Yes, so I'm yes he's up, yeah. the San Antonio kid. Uh, and then Taylor Tatum as well. So that and, and what, you think maybe one running back in this class? If they can get a high-level four-star, no. five-star, you think, um, is this a one running back class? Because the past two have been two. I think they, back classes. I, so I think they take two, and I actually think they take three if Xavier Robinson is one of the three. 
I think they would take an additional running back in this class and kind of figure out what to do with with uh, Xavier Robinson. I don't know if he'd be a true running back at Oklahoma. I think with his size and his athleticism, they might try to shoehorn him into an H-back role, a la Dimitri Flowers or Jeremiah Hall, for instance. But I think they would find a way to take Xavier Robinson, regardless of whether they get two running backs from elsewhere. Uh, I think OU is going to add at least one more uh, portal player by the time it's all said and done. I, I think absolutely they're going to add at least one more player via the portal if we're talking about after spring football. But you're still waiting on Nick Jackson. Uh, you could have another new portal player by this time this team hits spring practice. Um, but we're still waiting on Nick Jackson. I think he's number nine all time in tackles in Virginia history. It's OU or Iowa, and it doesn't really seem like anything happened over the weekend. Well, there's a lot that happened over the weekend, actually. Behind the scenes, at least. But not publicly. Well, yeah, and not a whole lot that I feel like affects where this thing stands. Now, both OU and Iowa are pressing hard for Nick Jackson. It's going to be one of those two schools. I don't think anybody knows for certain where he ends up. Even the people closest to Nick Jackson aren't sure right now. And I also don't think... I know for a fact that people from both schools are confident that they're going to get Nick Jackson, and they're also not 100% sure at all. The sentiment from both the Oklahoma and Iowa side is, yeah, well, we think we're in good position for him, but it's hard to tell with certainty. Yeah. Michael Hawkins updates, anything new? Um, initially was going to commit January 31st, still no. quiet on that front. Yeah, nothing, nothing really new. He's there. really dealing with um, – still dealing with his destination for next year correct I mean he's going to play in oh gosh where, where, where is he going to play Frisco again? Emerson yeah, that's right Frisco Emerson now his teammates going out west to play in the state of California but I kind of sounds like that's the focal point right now maybe he'll make a decision in the next month yeah well and here's 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 the deal here's what people need to understand about why Devon Mitchell ended up at Los Alamitos and I I think there are reasons why he ended up at Los Alamitos in particular and that's a that's a conversation that would take a lot more time than we have. But we got to understand is that when Michael Hawkins decided to transfer from Allen, I'm sure Devon Mitchell would have loved to follow. But Michael Hawkins and his family had a reason why they could go to UIL and sure. seek approval for their transfer because of the graffiti situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Devon Mitchell didn't have that same reason. that He didn't have something that he could hold out there in front of the Texas UIL and say, hey, this is why I should be allowed to go to this other school. And So he goes to the Mule Shoe Feeder School so he goes, So he goes out of state, and that happens to be Los Mule Alamitos. Mule Shoe will stand in front of the California High School Organization or whatever they call themselves out there, and he'll get him immediately eligible. That's what you're saying. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, pretty good tight end. We'll, we'll see if Mule Shoe ends up with him or not. Kevin Steele going to Bama. From Miami, and Nick Saban got his wish this offseason, man, because everyone's looking at the two hires that he made over the past three days, and they're saying, really? Like, that's that's all Bama was able to get? Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator and Kevin Steele as a defensive coordinator? Um, everyone's downing these hires, seemingly. Not everyone, like, totally loves them. I thought we were going to get Joe Brady. I thought we were going to get, you know, s- someone of a you know, higher prestige as an offensive coordinator. Exactly what Nick Saban wants. They win a national championship next year. Guess who gets all the credit once again? Exactly. Well, and there, there's really no middle ground here. Here's how we will reflect on this offseason and the hires that Nick Saban made. This will either be the offseason where it became – 
apparent to everyone, crystal clear, in fact, that it literally doesn't matter who Alabama's coordinators are. As long as Nick Saban's there, they're still going to win. Or it'll become apparent that this was the offseason where we all came to the realization that Nick Saban is washed. I don't think I'm going to take the latter. Yeah, I would bet on the former, After the After the recruiting class that he just pulled in and, well, Alabama's always got, yeah, but Georgia's got it going more right now than they've ever had in their program's history, and yet Alabama out-recruited them this year. I I, I think Bama's going to be okay. They do need to find a quarterback, though. But if they find a quarterback, they're going to be just fine. They're going to be okay. Sam Hartman? Well, Sam Hartman released something on Instagram that made everyone, all the Notre Dame fans, say, Whew, okay, we're going to take that as a sign that he's going to stay in South Bend this year. Yeah, well, it feels like, feels like they need a stopgap. I'm not really sold on Jalen Milrow. I think it's more likely that Ty Simpson is your starter yeah. come the fall. But feels like they could use a one-year guy. Sorry, just joining, says the text line. Did you guys already talk about Walker White going to Auburn? We actually did on Friday when that news broke during the middle of the show. But that's a nice get for uh, Hugh Freeze out Ooh, there. Ooh, another question. Backstory on Malachi Coleman. Why OU stopped recruiting him? Well, I tell you what. You go to OUinsider.com and you purchase a VIP subscription. Guess what? I told that whole story. Last week, immediately following National Signing Day. And that story, needless to say, is far too long for me to go into it on live radio. And there are far too many sensitive details for me to just publicly spout off everything. But you go to OU Insider, just jump on a trial subscription, 30 days for just a dollar. And you can read all of the reasons that flowed into why Malachi Coleman and OU were not a match in the end. Los Alamitos is about a half hour from me. Some of the L.A. Sooner alums are going to a Los Al game. Well, um, how about you L.A. Sooner alums make it out to Provo this year in November when we're going to be out there? Dang right. Hang out on Friday. Soda Fountain Friday, baby. Hang out on Saturday before and after the game. I'm telling you, man, that's going to be the big road trip this year. feel like a lot of OU fans are making their preparations to uh, head out to Provo for that game. You'll have a nice representation of OU fans in uh, Salt Lake and Provo that weekend. Dang It'll straight. be awesome. All right, final segment of Locked In coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune on the ref. This text says, I'm from Southern California and want to go to St- Stillwater for Bedlam. Is it worth it? Um... <laughs> If if OU wins the game up there this year, will it be worth it? Yeah. Um, but I don't think uh, OU fans are going to be treated too nicely up there. Because I think that this is going to be the last Bedlam football game that we see for quite some time. Certainly the last Bedlam game in Stillwater we're going to see in quite some time. Their level of butthurt over the entire thing continues to hover right around a 10. Um, yeah, I, I, sure, I, I guess, if that's what you want to do. But just know what you're walking into is what I would say, Parker. Because you're going to be walking into a hostile environment as an OU fan where you should not be expe- expected to be treated fairly or poor or, or, or nicely. Yeah, so also, also Stillwater just isn't that nice of a place. Yeah. I don't like Stillwater. They're bar I'm sorry strip. If we, I'm sorry if we have Stillwater listeners who are offended. It's I nothing personal. I didn't see any in the map today. I, Sometimes I just don't do. like your town. Uh, okay, how about this hot take that I saw yesterday on your website, 24-7 Sports? Oh, here we go. Yeah, um... FSU is in position to become Sunshine State's alpha over Miami and Florida in recruiting is what that's talking about. 
Florida State finished with a uh, lower-ranked recruiting class than all those three, right? Yes. Now I agree with that. That is a take I actually agree with because I don't know if people understand how much of a – gosh, how do I even properly phrase this? Billy Napier and Florida not signing Jaden Rashada is going to have massive ramifications. Well, yeah, who's their long, what's their long-term answer at quarterback? Well, not only that, but kids who are NIL-focused, which, to be honest, are a lot of the kids that Florida recruits because – Same for the, Miami. Yeah, sure. a lot of the kids that come from the state of Florida want the NIL bag. Guess what? They're going to show up to Florida, and their question is going to be, well, I saw what happened with Rashada – if you're, te- if you're telling me I'm going to make all this money to come to Florida, how do I know you're not going to screw me over as soon as I sign the dotted line, too? By the way, here was the payment plan released today for Jaden Rashad at Florida. Obviously yeah. didn't happen. 500 k up front. Half a mil. 250000 a month as a freshman. 291000 a month as a sophomore. 375 k a month as a junior. And 195 k a month as a senior. Totals out to $13.85 million. Jeez. Yeah. And on the other hand, you look at Miami and what they're doing, and it's just it's not clicking. And I don't think it's going to click because the culture is so broken there. So, yes, I agree. I think Florida State is poised to become the alpha in yeah. state when it comes to recruiting until or unless Billy Napier shakes the demons that are going to – gather around Ben Hill Griffin Stadium at the University of Florida in the aftermath of the Jaden Rashad affair. I, I need to look into more about what these S&P Plus rankings are in terms of recruiting, but Bill Conley of ESPN been fiddling with recruiting data, attempting to find the right combination of high school recruiting, transfer quality, and pure transfer volume that projects well for S&P Plus. He has OU as the number two recruiting class for 2023 usefulness, only behind LSU. So I don't really know what goes into that, but... I guess it's promising. We'll talk about it tomorrow. That's how you know you have balanced. Yeah. More than anything else. Rush is coming up next.